Hey, what's going on? It's your boy, South 706 This is going to be a podcast. We have Adolphus Savage and special guests at Bitcoin Dunny. Christian, what's good, man? What's going on? How are you? I'm glad we were able to, to finally get together. No problem, man. I appreciate you coming through. Adolphus, you doing good, bro? Hey, Christian, what, what kind of got you into cryptocurrency? Like, what's your background? You know, what really, you know, drew you to this? That's a good question. I had just graduated high school in 2013, um, and I was at a graduation party, and this, <clears throat> this guy walked over to me, and he was like, hey, have you ever heard of the, the dark web? And I was like, no. Like, I mean, I, I was bored, so I was like, okay, entertain me. Like, <laughs> um, And so he was like, what if I told you that 90% of the internet is underground? And I was, at the time, I was going through like a conspiracy theory phase. I was like, all right, go ahead, you know, tell me, tell me a little bit more. Um, so he starts explaining to me about the dark web, that it's kind of like this uh, <clears throat> untrackable version of the internet. So you can do whatever you want on there and not be, you know, linked to your IP address. And so he's explaining it all. And then he gets to the end and he's like, there's a coin called Bitcoin. And that's how people interact, um, you know, online through this, through the dark web. So I was like, that's, I mean, that's pretty cool. But like, what do you, what do you need to do on the dark web that you couldn't do on the internet? And he was like, well, it's like, you can buy drugs, you can... <laughs> tigers. Like, yeah, tigers, you can... <laughs> like, there's, like, some child pornography. Like, that's all Whoa. that. Like, pretty much everything CD was on the Silk Road. So, I mean, on the on the dark web. So, I was like, oh, I'm not... <laughs> that's not my type of thing at all. Um, but, you know, that Bitcoin thing sounds interesting. So, I kind of kept my ear... I never saw him again, but I kind of kept my ear to the ground. I started reading around online um, a couple months later. Uh, I saw a friend from high school and he invited me to his apartment and he had all these computers set up um, where he was mining Bitcoin. And so he was kind of explaining it to us. And at the time, just the, the term mining, it just didn't make sense to me because I was like, are you, it sounds like you're, um, you're digging and you're finding like imaginary money. Like just that concept to me didn't make sense. Yeah. Um, but around that time, Bitcoin was like seven, it had reached $700, which is like a new all time high. Um, so I asked him to buy some, I bought, like he wrote down the private keys on a piece of paper. He gave it to me. And I think I had like maybe half a Bitcoin. Um, I don't remember a couple months later, it reaches like a thousand. Um, then it starts to price slowly starts dropping. I think I ended up selling it like for $10 profit. I kind of like panic sold. Um, cause at the time, like I said, it was 2013. So uh, reaching a thousand dollars was a, a huge milestone. Um, <clears throat> after that, I kind of completely forgot about it until earlier this year when it started making headlines again. And so, um, I just started paying attention. I was interning with this bank here in Houston and, um, I wasn't always busy. So I would just kind of like dig around on the internet doing research. And one thing that you'll notice about Bitcoin and just cryptocurrency in general, um, and it's kind of like a common joke online is that you're going down the black hole. Um, because you'll start looking up one thing and then that topic will lead to another one and then that topic will lead to another one and before you know it it's like eight hours later you've done all this research and you're still kind of like I still don't really know what this is like this I'm not entirely sure that I that I understand um, but for anyone getting introduced to it that seems to be kind of a common pattern is that uh, first it piques your interest you start doing research um, you're interested most people come for like monetary incentives they want to you know make a quick buck which I don't blame them for. But the deeper you go down the rabbit hole, the more you see that it's not just the, the money that's important. Um, it's definitely nice. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna uh, deny that it's, it's not nice. The money, <clears throat> it can be good. Um, but you start to think of all the social implications it has, all the technological implications that it has for the future. 
Um, and I think that's where the real potential in Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies come from. So I find it kind of interesting that some, it sounds like a scene from the Matrix, like some guy just randomly pulls you to the side and is like, yo, <laughs> let me tell you about the dark web. You walk into somebody Red else's room. Exactly. You go to somebody's house, they got they got computers set up. Like it just seems like you were like, like the Matrix is real. Like Bitcoin is like the Matrix. So I do find it interesting because like my first, uh, my introduction to it was hearing about this place called Silk Road and it's what you were saying. Like, you know, people are asking like, Hey, what do you do with Bitcoin? So, Hey, you buy, you know, stuff on the black market or the dark web. So I saw that on the episode of American greed, if I'm not mistaken. So and I was always thinking, okay, well, why would I need to do that? Like I'm not trying to buy AK 47 or anything like that. So why do I need this Bitcoin? But apparently now it's seemingly becoming mainstream that it's like the hot new thing. Everybody's trying to jump in on it. People think it's too late. They think it's on the bubble. They think they missed their shot. But a lot of reputable people are saying, hey, this really could be a thing. Even if, like we were speaking about earlier before the podcast, mm-hmm. even if the actual quote unquote Bitcoin doesn't, isn't sustainable, like you said, the technologies that will come from it will be yeah. flipped and turned into something else that will be sustainable. Because there's, again, a lot of people are really buying into this. And it's not just like from you on Twitter. A lot of different people I've been talking to that are into these kind of things, and a lot smarter than I am, are like, hey, you know, you might want to check this out. You might want to put something into it. You might want to just put it in and just at least try it. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, what, what do you lose from trying? You might lose a couple of dollars, but you just go to work and make more money, you know? And I will say some one thing, at least about Bitcoin's past, where it, it was generally, I mean, in 2013, the only thing you heard about it was pretty much like the Silk Road, because um, that was kind of at the pinnacle of its existence. I'm not even sure if it still exists. I know there's like a version two, then a version three. Um, but for a long time, that's what Bitcoin was associated with. It was like kind of like this money laundering um, tool or currency used to buy drugs, and it's just very nefarious. Um, but one thing you have to understand about the culture of the people that produce the protocol and the people that continue to contribute to it today is there, uh, generally from what I've seen, just in my personal experience, it's like, uh, millennial white men. So like age 25 to 40, um, on the political spectrum, they tend to be like libertarian. And so the, and they're very into like computer and tech. So that, that type of demographic it kind of makes sense that Bitcoin comes from a shady background because you have people that are worried. I mean, the, the essence of Bitcoin, and you'll hear this, it's not anonymous. You can see any transaction online, but it's it's permissionless. So I don't have to ask anyone's permission to spend it. I don't have to ask anyone's permission to send it. Um, but to me, it makes sense that uh, it, in its early years, it was used for that type of uh, medium of exchange. If, if, if I'm, I don't know if I'm making sense. Like, it kind of had to take this route to become mainstream. Um, To me, I see its association with the Silk Road as kind of like the testing grounds um, to see if Bitcoin could handle being um, a currency. Because you have, I don't, have you ever heard of Mt. Gox? Or did you, did you come across that at all during um, your research? Uh, No, I didn't come across that. What's that? So there was an exchange kind of like the way Coinbase is like the largest exchange in the United States. There was another exchange based in Japan, if I'm not mistaken, called Mt. Gox. And it was kind of like the premier exchange at the time, uh, a couple of years ago. But they had some insolvency issues and the exchange collapsed. And pretty much everyone that had Bitcoin on there lost all their Bitcoin. Um, and so as a result of that event, you'll hear people that have been in the space for a while say like, don't leave your 
coins on Bitcoin, on, um, on Coinbase. Because Coinbase is not a, it's not a wallet. They have a wallet feature, but their primary function is an exchange. So if you have, let's say, like two Litecoin on Coinbase and they collapse tomorrow, or the government seizes their assets, whatever, you would lose your Litecoin because it's on the exchange. Um, and I bring that up only to say that if you ever get a chance, I recommend kind of studying the history of Bitcoin because you'll see how far it's come and you can see the things that have happened in the past and kind of learn your lesson from that. So like that's one of, that's probably one of the biggest lessons, like don't leave your Bitcoin or any coins on exchanges if you can help it. So for, for people like our other our other uh, co-host who's not here today, Marcus Sniffles, who thinks Bitcoin is like... Uh... He thinks there are he 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 worded them as Chuck E. Cheese tokens. Uh, how would you break down exactly what Bitcoin is for people like like him who are kind of novices or not really in the know? Yeah. Like how would you um, how would you break it down to somebody like that? That's an interesting question because I've recently started transitioning away from trying to like convert skeptics. Cause in my early days, I would try to get anyone on board, like um anyone that would listen to me talk about Bitcoin, I would tell them about it. And as time goes on, um, I don't have the time to, if you're a skeptic, you're a skeptic. If I can't convince you, then oh well. Um, but from my experience, the people that have, there's two types of people that have that attitude. One, they don't understand it, so they ridicule it. They ridicule it. Or the other one is that they're salty about having missed out, or they feel like they've missed out on an opportunity. And so they kind of sit on the sidelines and make comments and judgment towards it. Mm -hmm. um, but in my experience, those are the two types of people that, uh, are anti-Bitcoin or not interested in it at all. Um, I mean, the fact that he'll call it Chuck E. Cheese tokens is kind of a testament to that. Is, um, you know, when someone's intimidated by something or threatened, then they'll try to minimize it or uh, mock it or disparage it. So I don't, I don't know what I would tell him. I mean, it, hopefully he's done his research enough. If I were to ask him, like, how does the blockchain work? Um, you know, what is a minor? If he can't really answer those types of questions, then I would be like, you don't really know what you're talking about then. Um, yeah, I mean, th those terms are pretty deep because I watched a couple of videos. They, they essentially all said the same things. So I was like, okay, this is, this is, it's pretty standard stuff because again, they all went over the same, you know, key terms and definition of blockchains, miners. The minor thing was actually kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I haven't actually was looking at the Bitcoin website. I was just kind of do some research, but all, all yeah. those things are interesting. It does look like stuff the government one day could, again, adapt and kind of make their own. But with the uh, the people that are, you know, skeptical, um, one good quote I got off the YouTube videos was, and this goes with all kind of investments, you know, you have to speculate to accumulate. You know what I'm saying? There's always going to be a mm. risk involved mm -hmm. with a lot of these ventures, like when Amazon first came out. Right. People were like, oh, what is this? This is, this is nothing. This is going to be blah, 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 blah. Now Amazon's trading at super high numbers. If you invested way back when it was early, you're probably a millionaire. Same with Apple, same with Google. So again, in the same breath, all those companies could have went belly up. You could have lost all your money. But sometimes right. you have to roll the dice. You know what I'm saying? Like it's that's the game. Like, you know, you can sit on your hands your whole life and be scary, or you can do the research and kind of say, hey, you know what? Now I'm not gonna put my life savings on Bitcoin, but you know, I might have a couple, couple extra couple extra dollars like a slag at it, you know what I'm saying? Throw my tax return on there and see what happens. Worst comes to worst. For real, real talk. Like worst comes to worst. No, no, yeah. You yeah, tax yeah. return. Like it is what it is. Or you could be you could be looking like, hey, well, look what happened. I made some money off it. Or you could be like, hey, well I try something, I learned something at least and I go try something yeah. else. So that's that's my attitude towards it. 
Yeah, no, and I, I think that's great. Um, generally, the, the you'll hear this rule a lot too, is like don't invest more than you're willing to lose. Exactly. Um, so people will, I've had, I mean, it's I, I open my DM, so even if people don't follow me, they can kind of ask questions and I'm generally pretty good at getting back to people. Um, but I've had people that are like, should I take out a loan? Um, I can't pay my rent next week. Should I buy some Litecoin and like flip it? Wow. And I'm like, I was like, that's like the worst thing. <laughs> that's the worst thing you could do. Like I was like, and I, and I tell people like, please do not go into debt. Like, first of all, I'm not your financial advisor. So stop asking. I mean, when people ask me like, should I sell now? Is the price going to go up? Is the price going to go down? Like if I knew those answers with certainty, I would be rich by now. No one, I don't know what the price is going to do. I can look at the chart and tell you what I think might happen. Um, but people will call me or will message me and say like, Hey, I can't, you know, I need some money by tomorrow. Basically. Like, I'm like, that's not the way this works. So it's yeah. definitely not a get rich scheme. Um, but to your previous point about <clears throat> Amazon and Apple, I had a tweet a couple of days ago where I said, like, we grew up hearing, at least me, I grew up hearing, like, if you would have invested in Amazon, if you would have invested in, um, in Apple and Coca-Cola and like in the early days, you would have, you know, I, I'm sure you've heard those type of statements before, like seen those headlines where, Yes. Um, yes. So, and that's kind of what's driving to me is driving this behavior where we're now part of, we have an opportunity to be part of um, that story where co a couple of years from now, we'll see headlines. Like if you would have invested in Bitcoin in 2017, here's how much you have. Um, well, they're saying that about people who invested earlier. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. And one thing I will say though, um, people will be, I've heard one complaint I've heard from people is like, Oh, well people are, Everyone's already gotten rich off it. That's gonna get rich. Like it's too late for me. It's not fair that those people are rich because it's it's still pretty a, a small, uh, select number of people that have got have become like millionaires out of it. But to me, it's justified because they most of them have been in it since the beginning. And so stories like I was telling you about Mt. Gox and there's other like scary stories. They live. Imagine holding an asset for five years like that's super volatile, super new. Um, so it's for in my mind, those dudes have already paid their dues. So it's just a matter of time for us. Like, and I think I tweeted this too, like leave the get rich attitude at the door though. That's like the number one thing. If I could go back and tell myself all over again or a couple months ago when I started trading is like, you're not gonna get rich overnight. Like that's just kind of, unless you get super lucky and just put, you know, some money on the right coin and it goes 10X overnight, which is very unlikely. Yeah. Um, you're not gonna get rich. And more than likely you will make mistakes because one of the hardest things for me when I started trading Bitcoin and altcoins, I took an L like three times a day. I was losing money <laughs> left and right. And it's so, I mean, this, and this went on for weeks and it drove me like halfway insane because I was still going to school at the time. So I'm taking L after L after L after L. And like, I mean, just psychologically, there's only so much you can take before you just kind of like, all right, I need, to, I need to pause. I need to take a deep breath. I need to like reassess um, what's going on. But that seems to be the story for most people is that you will, you're going to lose for a while um, before you get good at it. But I would encourage people not to get discouraged. Um, there's a common phrase that you'll hear too in the crypto community. It's like, that was just you paying tuition. So I look back on the bad trades I made before the last two or three months of experience. And I think back on like, just the same way I paid tuition to go to college, this was my tuition to learn trading. Um, and it's super frustrating but like I said, the one thing I would tell myself is like, get rid of the get rich quick attitude or that mindset. Um, Cause ultimately that will be what ruins you in my opinion. 
Uh, let me ask you this. If you're a person that's starting out and you're listening to this podcast, what would you recommend would be a good thing or a good book or YouTube? What, what would you recommend, like, how to get started in this? Uh, that's a good question. There is a guy named Andres Antonopoulos. Um, he's a Greek guy, and they call him, like, the Bitcoin Jesus because he travels all over the world, like, preaching the, the Bitcoin gospel, which I've never really understood that why they chose that nickname because I feel like a more apt nickname would be like the Bitcoin Apostle Paul because like the Apostle Paul traveled all over the world preaching the gospel not Jesus like Jesus was mainly like a local rabbi figure anyway so I'm sorry so Andreas Antonopoulos um, has like hundreds of YouTube videos online Um, he's kind of like where a lot of people start and as you watch his videos like his passion for Bitcoin is so contagious that like you can't help but think like I have to get it on this. And he was actually one of the deciding factors for me to get back into Bitcoin because I started watching his videos again and I was like, oh yeah, there's, you know, there's something to this. So <clears throat> he has a couple of podcasts that he does with uh, Joe Rogan, um, which I don't know if you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, but one of my favorite things about it is that he, he has like really cool guests on but he asked questions that like my simple brain would want to know. Like if I was sitting in front of that person, he would ask questions that I would have asked. Um, and so I definitely recommend that for people who maybe don't have time to sit down and watch the YouTube videos, just kind of turning on the podcast and listening because they're like two or three hours long each. And I think he's done three or four episodes so far. So if you're driving around town or you're at work and you can have your headphones on, um, I would recommend Joe Rogan's podcast when he has Andres on. Um, and if not there, I'm trying to think of what other resources. Andres has a book called The Internet of Money. Um, that one's a really good introduction book to get people started. Um, what else? Those are the only two things I can, I have my article which is pinned to my profile on my Twitter account. I've gotten pretty good reception from that. It's gotten a lot of people sending it around and a lot of people viewing and reading it. That to me, without tooting my own horn, is like the best place for most people to start. Because from what I've seen from doing my own research online, is it's very hard to find one place that has all the answers. Because all I did in my article was take answers from several different places and kind of compile them into one. Um, and I've heard this phrase like good artist copy, great artist steal or something like that. So all I did is take people's ideas and words and kind of put them together in a way that I think most people could understand. Um, but I have that pinned to my profile on uh, Twitter. And so I would say that that's also probably a pretty good resource to start um but other than other than that i can't really think of i mean youtube that's what's so amazing to me about the world that we live in now with youtube and google you can literally look up anything you want um yep so but the 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 flip side of that coin is that there's so much garbage out there and so much misinformation that you kind of have to vet what you're looking at and see if it's true or not um but I would say for the most part, if you watch a video on YouTube and they're trying to sell you something, then just leave that video. But for the most part, there's a lot of good resources on YouTube um, about like, what is Bitcoin? How does the blockchain work? You know, that, that those type of topics. Okay. So say somebody, okay, let's say myself, let's say that I'm wanting to get into the cryptocurrency. Okay. I'm not, I'm not the person that, you know, I'm about to go take out a loan or whatever, nothing crazy. Like I'm generally interested and I understand the, the risk reward aspect. Where would I start? Because I did go to the Bitcoin website. I, I feel that was a real website. It looked pretty official. But if I'm not mistaken, you uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think right now Bitcoin, one Bitcoin is at what sixteen thousand dollars. Does that sound about right? Um, currently, it's at. 
$15,351. Okay. I think I saw the Litecoin is trading at, uh, I think, almost $300 or something like that, 288 or something around that ballpark. It's at 263 I think earlier this morning it was at 280 um, but there was a little dip. Generally, when Bitcoin, and what people should know is that when Bitcoin goes down, generally all the other coins yeah. go down, unless you have a really good coin. Um, so Bitcoin is kind of king, regardless of what you think about it in the crypto world. So a lot of the prices of other coins are based on that coin. Um, but yeah, so I'm sorry to, sorry to cut you off. So Litecoin's trading at 263 right now. Okay. So, all right. So I want to get started. Is it one of those things where it's like, hey, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, like you want to kind of spread the money around? Or what, what would you advise to me right now? Just, and I'm not saying that you're a professional guy's disclaimer. He's not a financial advisor. I'm just personally asking me. I'll be a, you know, a, an experiment. I'll be a guinea pig. Just give me your general advice. I'm not going to beat you up if I lose my money because, again, I understand the risk of war. Just hypothetically speaking, where, where would I want to start at? If I was trying, if somebody's trying to do this right now, um, well, you definitely want to make a Coinbase account. I think that's the best place for people to start. So, um, coin, is it like Coinbase.com or just like yeah, Coinbase.com, right. um, which is an exchange. Um, it's based here in San Francisco, um, but I think that they do an important job of onboarding people because, like, the the point of a cryptocurrency and like a decentralized network is that um, there's no single point of failure. So like I was mentioning earlier, if Coinbase collapses tomorrow, um, it's because they were a single point of failure. Whereas Bitcoin can't really fail because even if a country makes it illegal, even if someone's computer goes out, there's like thousands of other nodes and, and miners that are still running the network. Um, but I think that Coinbase does a really good job of kind of bridging the gap between the people who are new to crypto um, by giving them kind of like a, uh, an experience that they've had before. So it's very similar to like getting an online bank account. You put your name, uh, your address. I think you put like one form of ID on there to verify you. Because even though they're not a, not a bank, they operate like a bank. So they have to um, follow the same KYC, which is like know your customer laws. Um, they have AML, which like an anti-money laundering laws. They follow all those laws. So it's very similar to opening up a bank account. Um, and once you have Coinbase set up, you will link it to either your bank account or your credit card, and then that's how you can make a purchase. Um, as far as where to begin, I generally, I mean, it's just a uh, broad or a pretty big financial principle is like diversification. Um, so like you said, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. I was actually thinking this morning of what would I recommend to people based on the different dollar amounts they had. If someone has $100, I would probably just say buy Litecoin, whatever $100 will get you. Um, just because psychologically, like the price is 263 right now. If you buy $100 with a Litecoin, that'll probably be like 0.4 Litecoin. Whereas if you bought $100 with a Bitcoin, it would probably be like 0. 0.0002. So like <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Literally nothing. I mean, it, it, it's something, but I mean, eventually it'll be something. Um, but I think that there's kind of like a psychological uh, difference between owning 0.3 of something and like point point or point oh 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 two. So if you have hundred, if you have a hundred dollars, I would say you know probably put it all in Litecoin. Um, if you're in like the five hundred dollar region, I would say probably put like a hundred dollars in Ethereum, another two hundred in Litecoin, another two hundred in Bitcoin. And then if you have a thousand, I would probably buy like one Litecoin, half an Ethereum, and then spend the rest on Bitcoin. 
and I'm just kind of throwing these numbers out there, but to me that represents kind of like a diversified diversified portfolio that even with fluctuations in the price, um, they won't be too volatile. So, cause like, let's say Bitcoin goes down 10% and Ethereum goes up 5%, Bitcoin in that situation would only represent like 20% of your, your portfolio. So your loss won't be as great. And that's interesting because I thought when I saw the website, I thought because one Bitcoin was about 15K, I thought you had to have that much to buy one. So that's, I just learned that right now. So that's pretty cool. And I want to just emphasize that that's like the number one misconception. And I think that if people knew that you don't have to buy an entire coin that we would have, I mean, the price would definitely be higher, but there would be more people adopting it because people would log on to Coinbase and then they see that a Bitcoin costs um fifteen thousand dollars and they're like there's no way i can afford that but you can buy and i'm gonna say this three times just for good luck you can buy a fraction of a bitcoin you can buy a fraction of a bitcoin you can buy a fraction of a bitcoin so you can buy 0.1 0.01 0.0008 whatever you're able to afford um you're able to buy fractions of a bitcoin um which is a very important point and i'm glad you brought it up but that's one thing that a lot of people don't know uh, but is the case. Okay. Interesting. So if y'all are interested in learning, you know, do your research on YouTube, check out Coinbase. Uh, let me see. I, I think, uh, yeah, I think this pretty much just sounds like any, any other investment opportunity guys, like just be smart with your money. Don't again, don't ever get into something that's get rich quick scheme. Cause usually to be honest, most of the people that have that mentality, they don't have enough money to actually, execute the get rich part because like i know i read a story about a guy who invested in uh i think it was a college student he invested in tesla when it's pretty new now he invested thirty thousand dollars which you know somebody getting into the game is not just drop you know 30 stacks on an investment but he turned that thirty thousand into like six hundred thousand you know what i'm saying so yeah it's one of those things where again he knew the risk and he, he reaped the benefits of the reward so again just uh be smart about it. Again, I probably just persons get your finances in order before you start, you know, doing things like this. You want to get the basis down, like having your savings account right, uh, making sure that you're uh, paying your bills on time and still saving. And I definitely do a lot of research. So, but this, this, hopefully this podcast will help y'all uh, get educated on some of these things. So. One thing going off of what you just said about the get rich quick scheme, <clears throat> I don't know why it is, but what I've seen, <laughs> there's a coin called BitConnect that um, for some reason, they're very good at trapping like early, like newcomers to the scene because they have like this lending program where you give them your Bitcoin and they pay you out over the course of like two or 300 days in like US dollars. Um, and it sounds like a good investment, but what's actually going on is like, you're giving them an asset that's appreciating in value and then they're giving you an asset that's depreciating value over the course of 300 days. So for example, if I give them a Bitcoin today and it's worth 15,000 and they start giving me like 5% of that per day, it's like a hundred dollars or whatever, whatever the math is. At the end of the course, I will have earned, let's say 12 grand. If I would have just held the Bitcoin, it would have been worth more. Mm-hmm. So like, and that's one thing that people have to understand. You can be up, in like US dollars and be down in Bitcoin. Cause like I have trades where I'm trading different altcoins and it looks like I'm winning cause it'll be like, hey, you made 200 bucks. But what really happened is like during that time the price of Bitcoin went up. So the price of the altcoin went up with it. Um, 
which is it's kind of hard it's it's hard to wrap your mind around and we don't have to go into the specifics but like i would recommend people stay away from that if you buy bitcoin and you don't want to trade just hold on to it like that's the number another important thing you'll hear recently is um i don't know if you've seen on twitter it's like the letters h-o-d-l it looks like hold but it's like hodl yeah um so that's like it's like this inside joke from a couple of years ago but it's just people saying like hold like the best thing that you can do is hold your bitcoin but stay away from programs like um bitconnect and eth connect where they promise you anything that guarantees you a return um on your investment is a ponzi scheme if they can guarantee you like for a fact they're going to give you five percent um every day it's a ponzi scheme because the only way they're able to pay that out is because they have new people coming in mm-hmm. um and so it's it's not sustainable and the reason i'm so adamant about that is because like <laughs> like partic- they're very good at targeting minorities like if i see more people most of the people i see on twitter talking about it tend to be black um and so i've kind of like try to come against that uh because i mean there's a lot has gone on in american history where uh, you know, the people were disenfranchised and uh, marginalized. And so to see people continue to kind of fall into the same traps of get rich quick schemes and Ponzi schemes, um, I'm very anti against that, or I'm very against that. Um, so that's one thing I would say. If I had one platform I could stand on, it would be like, don't invest in BitConnect. Um, and then the second one would be like, don't leave your coins on an exchange, put them in a wallet somewhere. Um, but like you said, we, we covered a lot. Um, well, actually, no, that, that made me think of one thing. So when you say exchange, what do you mean? Say it again. When you say exchange, what do you mean? Like a, an exchange is like a platform where you exchange like one crypto for another or like you oh, okay. for another. So you have like Kraken, Bittrex, Binance. Those are all exchanges. It's just like a place where buyers and sellers come together and make trades. Okay, so what do you think about, I know I saw this, uh, I was looking at uh, some of the the markets. I know that there are, I guess, investment groups that invest in Bitcoin or invest in cryptocurrencies. I think the, uh, the, the ticker sign was like BTC or something like that. But you can invest in that. I saw initially when they, they started out, I think they were trading at $100 a share uh, when it was, when, you know, this kind of Bitcoin phenomenon quote unquote popped off it was at three thousand dollars per share and like like you said the drop it went down to i think 22 or something like that so would that be another kind of you know avenue where you know you're not putting all your your chips in bitcoin per se but you're putting it in a group that invests probably across the board with i guess cryptocurrencies would that be like a viable option or you stay strictly to the actual bitcoin litecoin and the others that you spoke of yeah it's hard to say because i don't know i know there's several stocks i haven't looked into them um i know i have like a general idea of what you're talking about i would say it would just be better to just own the coin yourself um because then you become invested in it because once you i mean it's like an adrenaline rush every time you buy more it's almost like a new high where you're like oh i'm part of something bigger and it is something totally that is beyond like that was the thing I was thinking about yesterday. Like, this is so much bigger than like any one person or any one investor. Um, I think that this will change kind of like the political landscape, the technological landscape, um, the global landscape as we become even more interconnected, um, at least our economies. Um, 
but this is so much bigger than us. So once you buy it and once you actually buy any type of coin, um, you become invested in it. And that's what generally starts getting people to learn more. Because if you invest in a stock and you're like, oh, they'll take care of it, you'll never really take the time to, to research it on your own. And so I would recommend in that scenario, like just, you know, just buy for your own, you'll own it. Um, you'll be able to tell your friends that you own Bitcoin, Litecoin, you'll be able to brag about it. Um, but as far as the stocks, I mean, I wouldn't trust someone else to handle my money um, when I can just own it myself. So if it makes people more comfortable, I guess, you know, do your due diligence, read up on the company, read up on the stock, who's managing it, what's their uh, strategy, are they diversifying? Um, but if I had to choose one or the other, I would probably say I would just, I would just buy it for myself. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I, I definitely think we went a little deep for some people, but you know, yeah, we, I apologize for that. <laughs> I definitely want to have you on in the future, kind of as this progresses, you know, within society mm -hmm. and within the market, to kind of get some updates and you know, get some tips, you know. So maybe one day we'll be talking to uh, at Bitcoin Dunny, the the Bitcoin millionaire. You know, that'd be kind of cool. You know, just say, hey, you know, we try to tell you on the community podcast. You know, definitely check things out, and you know. You could be a, a some sort of a prophet, you know what I'm saying? Or you could be looking in the cardboard box. I don't know. We got to play. You know, and it's so funny that you say that because this morning I almost tweeted. I was gonna say a year from now I will either I will either be the happiest I've ever been, or I'll be living like under a freeway somewhere. Like those are the two <laughs> options. Those are the. Oh it's goodness. not a spectrum. Those are the only two places that I can be at uh, this time around next year. Um, but I, I did want to say one quick note about what you said about you know, millionaires and kind of this whole, the idea of wealth, as I said before, the money is great. I'm not going to deny, I'm not going to say that it's not, but I think what you will see happen and this kind of gets me excited is that you will have, <clears throat> there's just, there's definitely going to be a transfer of wealth that occurs um, as you see more and more people buy into this, because I already know, I know several people who are millionaires from Bitcoin and they bought at varying different times and it's not the same type of rich people that you and I may be familiar with. It's a whole, this is a whole new generation of wealth. Um, and the reason that that's so exciting is because the older people, the, the people who have been in wealth for so long, they're so skeptical of Bitcoin that most of them are not investing. So they're missing out on this opportunity and 30 or 40 years from now, like the tables were turned, if that makes sense. Like they're so conservative and resistant to change that that will be their downfall. They're not gonna get into Bitcoin or any type of cryptocurrency, they'll be like, I'll just stick to my silver and my gold and, you know, whatever type of assets that they have. But I think you're going to see a new generation of wealth where you'll have like, like I said, most people tend to be libertarian within the crypto field. Um, but there's also a great sense of philanthropy. I mean, people are always donating to charities with Bitcoin and stuff like that. I've seen people that get hacked online that if they have a good community around them, they'll be like, hey, I got hacked and people will donate Bitcoin to them. Um, so there's generally, there's definitely a philanthropic arm to Bitcoin. Um, but I think that the, the most exciting part of all this is to see who gets rich off of this and what they do with the money, because I think more than likely it will be extremely, uh, beneficial. Um, and the reason I'm so sure is I'm here in Houston, I'm working with a couple other people to create this, um, we haven't decided if it's going to be a nonprofit or anything, but it'll be kind of this school or educational program where they can learn about Bitcoin, learn all the basics, the rudimentaries and kind of develop. And we're working on creating a curriculum, um, but we're specifically going over, pe going for people who like know nothing about it. 
that are completely blank slate. They're interested in learning. Um, our job will be to develop them. I won't get rich off of it, but my payment will be knowing that I helped create another generation of wealth. Because most of the people, I mean, the people that are buying now um, come from all different economics, economic statuses. Um, but there's there's definitely a potential for us to do a lot of good uh, with cryptocurrencies. Definitely. So, again, Christian, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, Dolphus, you got any closing words, man? No, I definitely don't. I think I learned a lot speaking for the people. Um, can't wait to have you back on, Chris or Christian. Yeah, I'll be I'll be happy to come uh, come back on. I know we messaged back and forth a couple of times trying to find a good time. Uh, with you being on the East Coast and me being Central, but I definitely appreciate your your patience. So oh, no, I'd, be, no. I'd be happy to come on anytime. No problem. So again, just drop your ad and let people know where they can find you. I know you said you had an article you posted, so just let the people know where you're at. Uh, so my Twitter username is at Bitcoin Dunny. So B-I-T-C-O-I-N-D-U-N-N-Y. Um, I have a Medium account. That's where I do a lot of my writing. So I've done like a beginner's guide to Bitcoin, a beginner's guide to Litecoin, how to buy Bitcoin. I'm working on two right now. It's like a beginner's guide to Ripple, which a lot of people have been asking me about. So I want to go ahead and put that out sometime this week. And then an article I'm working on that I'm extremely excited about is it's um, Bitcoin and the Black community. And so I'm, I'm about halfway done with it. And kind of what I was saying earlier about a new generation of wealth um, and opportunity, I think that Bitcoin or just cryptocurrencies in general have the potential to to do a lot of good for the black community. So that article will be coming out in the next week or so as well. Um, but I'm pretty friendly. If you message me on Twitter, don't call me wrong. Uh, I'm willing to help. I've had a couple people. This one guy specifically was like, hey, can you tell me about Bitcoin? And I was asleep. I mean, it was midday, I was taking a nap. And when I woke up, it had been like three hours since he messaged me. And he was like, well, fuck you then. And I was like, oh, <laughs> all right. I was like, I was asleep. I would have been willing to help, but I was like not at my well, computer. Well, that sounds uh, like one of those people that wants to get rich quick. Like, hey, I want to know now. I need to know now. Exactly. Tell me right yeah, now. I was like, oh, bro, I'm not, like, so chill. I'm not, yeah, I was like, I'm not helping you. Go find someone else. But anyone else, I'm, I'm pretty friendly. So if you have any questions, I'm, I'm happy to help. All righty. Well, again. Hopefully we can uh, put y'all on some Bitcoin game and when y'all become uh, Bitcoin millionaires, y'all can uh, send a check to the committee podcast. So <laughs> again, we appreciate y'all checking us out and it's committee podcast again. We out. Peace. All right. Peace. Awesome.